Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Chapter 47 FOD Proofing Bead. And I'm a little bit awake with a little bit of caffeine. Let's see how this goes. The muscles of Young's arms and chest burned. His abraded arms were on fire. Had he thought he could do this? He couldn't do this. He crashed to a knee but kept his grip on his chief scientist as he went down. He spilled the guy onto the deck plating as gently as possible, for about the third time. Hands braced against the floor, Young fought to catch his breath. Injuries and blood loss and exhaustion would have made the trek under difficult under normal circumstances, but with rushes, sharp-edged thoughts piercing his mind, with a headache that hit like double blades to the eyes, carrying the man through unsecured halls was turning out to be a little much. Chloe knelt in a swirl of dark hair, her hands outstretched. She tipped the scientist's head back, two fingers at his throat. He's okay. Young shook his head, sucking down air. It's not him. Not this time. It was me. Chloe looked up at him. He's breathing, Young clarified, his voice ragged. Behind Chloe, Eli bent over, his hand on the wall. Chloe, Young pointed. She whirled as Eli threw up what little gray paste still remained in his stomach, his hand pressed to the bulkhead, his nose streaming blood. He's okay, Chloe whispered, her hand on Eli's shoulder, her eyes on her life signs detector. We're almost there. We'll make it. If only that meant my day would end. Eli pressed the bloodied sleeve of his gray sweatshirt to his nose. One step at a time, right? Chloe rubbed his back. One step at a time. Young shut his eyes and tried to rest his arms. He wished he'd insisted Scott accompany them, or Greer, or anyone. Can you put him in a fireman's carry? Chloe whispered, one hand on Eli's back. Young shook his head, holding his throbbing arms in front of him, trying not to touch anything, trying to ride out the pain. Crash shoulder grip's not going to work. He paused, fighting for air, pretty sure it was his own battle and not coming from the guy on the floor. It's risky enough, moving him like this. Can we drag him? Chloe whispered. Not going to happen, Young rasped. Can I just help Eli, Young said, and give me a minute. Chloe nodded, then dropped her gaze to her life science detector. Young had to coax about two more minutes out of his body. Should be no problem. He pulled in air until he felt his heart start to slow. Okay, genius. He projected into the unfocused space of Rush's consciousness. Last stretch. He clenched his jaw, got his throbbing forearms beneath the scientist, and deadlifted the guy off the deck plates. Let's go, he whispered through clenched teeth. Young held out through the last few hallways, trying to keep his breathing quick and even. When they reached the infirmary, Chloe wrapped pale knuckles against the metal door. Eli, leaning into her, gave the door a shave and a haircut wrap for good measure. TJ, Chloe said, her mouth close to the gap in the doors, trying to call through the metal with her low, melodic projection. It's us, 
It's Chloe. Open the door. Rush was slipping in and out of Young's grip. With a blaze of agony, he shifted the scientist to a new position. Rush's head landed heavily against his shoulder, then slid back. The infirmary door swished open. TJ stood beneath the emergency lights, her face ghost pale, her favorite device shown in her hand like a chunk of aquamarine. To the back, she said tightly, all of you. The infirmary was empty. TJ, Young rasped, buckling under the strain of carrying Rush. He's in bad shape. He... There's a virus in the CPU. He's half in the ship. Telford drugged him, then Akai tortured him. He was in a room full of tear gas for minutes without a mask. He stopped breathing a lot of times. I know, TJ said darkly, as they rounded the corner and headed for the back room. Every device in here gave me an earful about it each time it happened. What did Telford give him? Out of van, Young said. Snagged it from your bag, maybe? Or he had it on him? He... Telford doesn't matter right now, TJ said, pulling her stethoscope off his table as she passed. Any coughing after the tear gas? No. Young laid Rush on the gurney, she indicated. He staggered back, pulling in strained breath after strained breath. Chloe stepped to his elbow, steadying him. Together, they watched TJ, tense and silent, hook up monitors, start oxygen, take vitals, one eye on the blue device she'd set up on Rush's gurney. As she worked, her movements slowed, turned more methodical. Are you gonna make it? Young asked. I don't think he'll crash on me right now, TJ said, her voice soft. It wasn't a yes. Is there anything we can do? Chloe whispered. Chloe, you okay? TJ glanced up. Totally fine, Chloe said. Then you could grab some blankets, TJ murmured. Chloe vanished. TJ ran her hands over Rush, looking for injuries. I don't think he was physically hurt, Young rasped. What about you? TJ's eyes were shadowed. There's blood all over your jacket. Please tell me it's not yours. I took a dart a few hours ago. Well, you know that, you pull it out of my back. The toxin's out of phase, some, I think. Had to flay my forearms a little bit. Those have been bleeding. I'm okay. What? TJ breathed. Out of phase? Flay your forearms? I'm fine. I'll explain later. Once you've stabilized Rush, take a look at Eli. He's a mess. Get him patched up as best you can. He's our only way out of this mess. Pretty soon you're going to have a whole ship of wounded on your hands. I gotta go. You're going nowhere until I clear you, TJ said sharply. She started in on Rush's bootlaces. Sit down. Sorry, Lieutenant, but this is a foothold. I can't stay here. I won't. You're not even making sense. TJ dropped Rush's first boot and moved to the second. How are you going to leave? Last time I checked, you can't separate from him. I think is fixed, Young rasped. Yeah, I've heard that one before. She wrenched the laces open. You're going nowhere. Send someone else. Something snapped in Young, because, yeah, after all this time, after everything that had happened, against all odds, it was true. He'd like nothing more than to stay with Nick Rush, but if he did that, 
There's no one else, TJ, Young growled. Telford's taking the bridge. The rest of the crew is in the mess, but Brody and Volker are out there with no support. They're civilians. Someone's got to go get them, and there's no one else available. You think I want to do this? This is the last thing I want to do, but I'm sure as hell not going to let Brody and Volker be killed or worse, taken because fucking Rush needs me to hold his fucking hand. Are we clear on that? TJ looked at him in shock, her eyes wide under the emergency lights. But he realized he'd stepped forward. He realized he'd leaned into her personal space. He realized she'd stepped back, away from the gurney, her hands open. We're clear, sir, she said, her tone neutral, her face expressionless. Shit, he breathed, stepping back. Shit, TJ, I am... Sorry, I am, but right now I really have to... Hey! The word cracked through the dim air, harsh and flat, and like no one he recognized, it came from behind. Young looked to the doorway and saw Eli standing there, chalk white with glittering eyes, a smear of blood beneath his nose, and an expression on his face that Young had never seen. Don't worry about it. The kid's voice was flat. Volker and Brody are in the bulkheads. They're fine. The Nakai have engaged with the team guarding the FTL drive. Chloe's came to stand beside Eli. Gingerly, as though not sure how the gesture might be received, she draped a blanket over his shoulders. Eli pulled the blanket around him. His gaze didn't leave young. Are you going to stay? Or are we going to hear your next bullshit excuse? Eli, T.J. breathed. It's okay, T.J., Young said. He took a deep breath, tried to relax, and tried to get a lid on his own impulse to come down on Eli like a ton of bricks. Eli was a civilian. He was a kid. He was upset. He'd just been tortured, and now he was the acting head of the science team. Yeah, he managed, in a passably even tone, I'm going to stay. Great, Eli said, and it came out as a strange blend of sarcasm and unshed tears. I'll be 20 feet in this direction, repairing our sentient home after it got fucked up by aliens. He vanished from the doorway. TJ and Young locked eyes. He was tortured, Young whispered. Okay, TJ said softly. Who else? Ray. Young whispered, Rush, Greer, maybe, Telford. Don't forget Vanessa, Chloe whispered, slipping between them to pile an armful of blankets at the foot of Rush's gurney. Shit, Young whispered. Yeah, James could be in rough shape. She got choked by one of those things. Greer was clipped by a plasma blast. Barnes, shit, Barnes has one hell of a plasma burn. So it'll be a long day. TJ whispered, her eyes on the monitors she'd hooked up to Rush. Yeah, Young rasped. Colonel? Chloe looked at Young, her chin angled up. Do you want me to go back out there? Young considered it. I could... Chloe paused, like it was a struggle to get the words out. I could take the life signs detector. She'd been useful as hell. I could back up Telford's team. She was also a kid, with no training to speak of. 
who'd been compromised repeatedly and profoundly by the Nakai, and who, even now, was so afraid of what she was offering that she was trembling subtly all over. How much can you help, Eli? Young murmured. Some, Brody said. I know the FTL drive, inside and out. All of us. Brody can help him the most. He's the most familiar with the network architecture and how representations of that translate to physical reality. How would you feel about going to find Volker and Brody, helping them get back here undetected, setting up a little command center to help Eli? No problem, she whispered, her stance relaxing. Don't tangle with any Nakai, Young said, bringing one hand to her shoulder, looking her straight in the eyes. Get the two of them, then hightail it back here, quick as you can. She nodded, resettled the assault rifle strapped to her back, and headed for the door. God damn, could his crew step up. As he watched Chloe pass into the darkness of the hall, he had a strange, aching thought. There were other multiverses out there. Riley had said as much. Maybe there was one where he and Rush and Ray had gotten along. Maybe there was one where Rush had shown up, hours in, Ray in tow, sat down at Young's bedside and said, Contrary to everything you have heard, I'm humanity's best hope in a transdimensional war, and nearly everyone here was handpicked for this exploratory mission. Maybe there was one where Young and Ray had listened, where they'd gone all in, where Ray had organized a government, where Young had let his soldiers be civilians, and where he'd let civilians serve soldiers, where Rush hadn't needed to argue and lie and conceal to get his way. If that array had ever existed, it'd probably been snapped like a twig two weeks in, called by a transdimensional assassin. To what extent had their dysfunction protected them? To what extent would it continue to protect them moving forward? How much should he change, given all he now knew? And God, what a tragedy it'd be to erase everything Chloe had become, to erase the way TJ turned herself into the doctor she'd always wanted to be, to obliterate Eli's inspired inventions, Scott's marathon over an alien desert, Ray's sense of justice, Volker's sense of humor, Greer's sense of honor, Destiny Bingo, Park's garden growing under stars, the handmade truck the real Hunter Riley had made for the son TJ was never going to have. Emily's black dress turned white, the way that, after millennia alone, by herself, she'd watched a party. Young brought both hands to his face. He wished to God he was someone like Daniel Jackson, someone who knew what to do, someone who could keep his head in an argument, someone who could use words in the right way at the right time. Someone who knew what it was to fight like hell against nothing that made sense. Someone who knew what it was to lose everything anyway. Young was just a guy from Wyoming. Doing his best with crap rations and shipwide power failures, hostile incursions, and math. Can you help me? TJ murmured. Young pulled his hand away from his face. 
He pressed the water out of his eyes. Yeah, he said, turning back to her. What do you need? I need his jacket off, TJ murmured. Okay, Young whispered. They worked under dim lights without speaking. Young eased the scientist out of his clothes. TJ set up and started an IV, hanging a drip from a hook behind the bed. Not sure I can handle you without all your fight, genius. Young projected into the nothingness, trying not to look at the man, trying not to let any of this take hold and settle into memory. So why the Ativan? TJ asked. What? Young's voice cracked on the word. Why did they give him Ativan? She repeated, more gently this time. Because. Young braced trembling hands against the bed. He looked away from her, away from Rush. Beyond the open door, in the main floor space of the infirmary, he could see Eli, sitting at a terminal, staring it down with glittering intensity. Because he was going down with the ship. TJ didn't say anything. If Eli can't clear this virus, Young whispered. And that was all. That was all that was going to come out of his mouth for the foreseeable future. TJ wrapped her arms around him. She hooked her chin over his shoulder and tangled a hand in the hair at the back of his neck. Eli's going to do just fine, she whispered. Young nodded into her shoulder. I'll give him something different, TJ whispered. Something safer. He won't wake up until it's time. Young nodded again. I'll mix it up, TJ pulled back. You want to sit with him for a minute? And then I'll take a look at you. Young nodded again. He watched her leave. He looked down. He looked away. Everything was going to be fine. It was. Somehow. Really don't think you'd approve of any of this, Young whispered, staring at the opposite wall, mostly in shadow. Not a damn thing. Not trans-dimensional peacekeepers. Not turning Chloe into a sniper. Not the science team stitching your ship together without you. Not me standing here right now. He looked down. Rush's hair, dark against the sheets, was streaked with emergency light. He was terrifyingly pale. Terrifyingly still. Terrifying in general. It was young kidding. There was no way, no way he could stay here right now. He turned away. The scientist was hooked up to monitors. He'd be fine. They'd know if he wasn't. He sure as hell didn't know or care where young was. Eli, on the other hand, could probably use some moral support. Young headed back into the main floor space of the infirmary and parked himself on the gurney nearest Eli's station. The kid shot him a guarded, quiet look from bloodied eyes. Everything okay? TJ asked, drawing a suspension into a syringe. Yeah, Young said shortly. He tried to calm his breathing, tried to unwind, tried to control the terrible, restive feeling in his hands and just 
relax. It wasn't going great. Take your shirt off, TJ murmured as she passed, syringe in hand. I need to look at your back and arms. Slowly, gingerly, Young complied. It was painful, sticky going, but when he was done, he had a pile of bloody, ruined shreds of Volker's dress shirt next to him on the gurney. He balled up his jacket and t-shirt, shivered in the cool air, held his arms in front of him and waited for TJ. When she came back in, she took one look at his arms and stopped dead, her eyes wide. What did you do? She whispered, horrified. Pulled out of some restraints, Young said, feeling more than a little lightheaded. She dragged a table next to Young. Guess so, she whispered, and went to work on the puncture wound on his back. They were only a few yards from Eli. The kid was wrapped in a blanket. His hands shook as he scanned through lines of code. He was sipping a bottle of electrolytes. He wasn't talking. At all. No commentary, no banter, no references to movies. Nothing. Young could tell from the way TJ's hands kept periodically stilling against his back that she, too, was watching Eli. But she didn't speak until she had finished placing and tying a pair of stitches to close the wound in his back. Eli? TJ said, her voice low and friendly. I got a stash of chocolate in the resupply. Do you want some? No. Okay, TJ said. She created a pressure dressing for the small wound in Young's back, then secured it with a complicated tape job. She came around the gurney and turned her attention to the mess of Young's abraded, bruised forearms. This'll really hurt. Her expression was full of sympathy. Yeah, Young said, I know. Would you consider taking anything? No, he said quietly. Do what you've got to do. TJ pulled out a bottle of Brody's ultra-pure ethanol out of a cabinet, along with a stack of bandages and gauze. Eli sniffed and pressed his shirt cuff to his nose. TJ cracked open her bottle of ethanol. She grabbed Young's right hand, holding it in hers. Young caught her wrist before she could start dousing his arm. He's out, right? He whispered, really out. Can't you tell? T.J. murmured. Yeah, but I don't want this breaking through to him. The poor guy had been put through enough bullshit he couldn't understand. He didn't need Young's displaced pain piled on everything else. He's not feeling anything right now, T.J. said quietly. Okay, Young smiled weakly at her. Do your worst. He watched her pour the clear, cool liquid over his forearm, turning it quickly, covering every centimeter of abraded skin. For an instant, there was no pain. And then? He stopped, breathing, his eyes tearing with the intensity of it. Surely she'd somehow set the alcohol on fire. Surely there was nothing that hurt this much. Surely nothing could be this acute for this long Breathe. TJ's voice was low and quiet, but 
For God's sake, she was rubbing at the deeper cuts, working the alcohol into his abraded skin. It was a mistake to watch this. What had he been thinking? Breathe, TJ said, right in his ear. She liberally covered his forearm with antibiotic gel, lined the worst of the abrasions with bandaging, then wrapped his arm in gauze. It was over. A clean white bandage covered the mess he'd made out of his right arm. Shit, Young breathed shakily. Let's, uh, let's hold off on the other one. Do it later, what do you say? Sorry, Colonel. She gave him a sympathetic look. No deal. I'll give you my share of the potato chips. She smiled, then took his left hand in hers. My fruit ration. For a month. Here we go, she whispered. Then grimaced as she began to pour. Again came the clear liquid flowing over injuries with no pain until... He opened his eyes to find himself lying on his side on the gurney he'd been sitting on, his head resting on his right bicep. In front of him, his left arm was encased in a mercifully complete bandaging job. Hey, TJ murmured, her hand on his shoulder. You okay? Yeah, he rasped. Fine. Sorry. I keep spare BDUs in the back, she said quietly. I'll grab you a shirt and jacket. Young watched Eli, who was squinting at the monitor in front of him with pained bloodshot eyes. Neither of them said anything. For the first time in hours, Young's radio crackled. He flinched. Eli jumped. This is Telford. We've taken the bridge. I repeat, the bridge is secure. Twelve Nikai remain on the ship near the FTL drive. We're in pursuit. Young sat and pulled his radio free, ignoring the agony in his forearms. This is Young, he said, broadcasting on all channels. All personnel are ordered to remain where they are unless already in pursuit of the Nikai. Thank God, TJ returned, shirt and jacket in hand. She helped Young ease the t-shirt over his bandaged forearms, then shook out the jacket. Eli, she said, as Young threaded an arm through the first sleeve. Do you want anything to eat? Or maybe... No, Eli snapped, fixing her with terrible bloodshot eyes. I don't want anything right now, all right? I'm fine. I need to work. Leave me alone. He turned back to the monitor. Okay, T.J. whispered without sound. She compressed her lips as she finished helping Young into his jacket. I'll just prep for... She trailed off, her eyes glittering. For everything, I guess. She turned away. Young watched her start piling IV bags on a table. He zipped up his jacket. He scraped up all the patience he had left in him. Got off his gurney and pulled up a chair next to Eli. What the fuck do you think you're doing? Eli asked. His voice was flat, and he didn't look up. Young couldn't cross his arms. He couldn't lean them against the monitor bank. He settled for balancing his wrists on his knees. I know how much you hate this. Eli laughed, humorless and dark. Somehow, I doubt that. Eli... This isn't you. This isn't me? Young had hit a nerve. 
The kid stopped typing and stared him down with furious bloodshot eyes. You, you know what? You think that at heart I'm some kind of happy-go-lucky idiot who... No, Young cut him off. At heart, I think you're a nice, perceptive kid. So what happened? Nothing. Look, it's bothering me to have you here. Please stop watching me. No, Young said. No? Eli repeated. No? Eli, you just came straight out of a hostage situation. You were tortured. You... Who cares? Eli was shouting at him, half out of his chair. Not me. Not you. Nothing you can say to me right now is going to make anything better at all. I have to fix this, right? By myself. So leave me alone and let me do it. He dropped back into his seat, breathing hard. You dumb? Young asked mildly. Fuck you, Eli said, locking his touchscreen just before a tear landed on it. You did a great job today, Young said. And you don't have to do this by yourself. Don't, Eli whispered. Don't do this. Don't sit here. Don't talk to me. Why not? Eli wiped his face with both hands. Do I really have to spell this out for you? He whispered. Spell what out? My point, since you're just not getting it, is that I'm not the person you should be sitting with. Rush? Young ground out. Yes, Eli hissed. Go sit with Rush. Young held on to his neutral expression. Not sure that's the best use of my time right now. Why? Eli wiped away a tear. Because we shut him down like the crashing hard drive he was? Because he's useless now? Yeah, you know what? I agree. What a complete waste. Don't go sit with him. Terrible idea. Forget it. Eli sniffed, staring determinedly at his locked touchscreen, despite eyes that had to be tearing too much to see. I hate this place. I hate this fucking place so much sometimes. Young nodded, his lips pressed together. I want to help you. Not possible, the kid whispered. Tell me what happened, Young said. No, Eli said, flat and final. Yes, Young said, just as flat, just as final. Right now. Fine, Eli said, his eyes glittering. We deserve this story anyway, you and me. What? Young whispered. Telford told me to run, and I did, a whole ten steps down the hall. Then I realized what I was doing, and you know what that was? Following orders, Young said. No. Here, insert ancient. Look it up. It's our damn motto. I was leaving my boss, who had a brain full of alien computer virus, to the Nakai. Bad idea, terrible idea, so I go back. I find the door to the gate room closed and sealed. I find a team of soldiers lining the hall, weapons pointed at the door, and in the middle of them are Rush, Greer, and Telford. Young leaned into the point of contact between his wrists and his knees. He stared at the floor and tried not to picture what Eli was describing. They had him on the floor. He'd lost it. It took both of them to hold him down. 
He was trying, I think, to open the door to the gate room. Eli's voice cracked. He couldn't do it with his mind. He was trying to do it physically. Greer was trying to get through to him, talk him down. It didn't work at all. They had to restrain him with those plastic things you guys carry. In the middle of the hall. And the Nakai were opening the door, but he just did not get it. He wouldn't stop. Trying to get back to you. Young stared at his own clasped hands. They had to drag him to the CI room, Eli whispered. Literally, they dragged him, and he fought them for every inch of corridor, the whole time screaming one word over and over and over again in ancient. You want to take a guess as to what it was? No, Young whispered. It was your name. Eli leaned forward, choking out the words, his eyes glittering. I doubt they could tell. Their pronunciation is different enough. But I knew, and he kept it up, longer than I thought possible. Through the halls, in the CI room. I don't know why Telford didn't use the Ativan right then. Maybe he thought if they could talk him down, he'd be useful. Maybe he thought Greer would shoot him if he tried it. Young nodded. So you can imagine, Eli hissed, what it was like in the CI room, Telford trying to coordinate by Kino when he wasn't tag-teaming with Greer to talk Rush down, Rush trying to tear himself apart against plastic. Greer trying to stop him from doing too much damage. Half an hour it goes on like that, maybe more, until finally he comes out of it. He starts saying more than just your name. He starts talking to Greer. He starts talking to the AI, I think. Eli, Young whispered. So Greer cuts him free, Eli continued relentlessly. They let him up. He stands at my shoulder he starts saying single words. Weapons, hydroponics, dialing, sensors, FTL. I ask him what he's doing, but he can't tell me. Only later do I realize he's naming systems in the clear. Systems he and the AI had quarantined. But Telford made him leave me alone, dragged him across the room, put him in front of a monitor. Eli, Young whispered again. But he didn't know what to do with a monitor, Eli whispered. Eli. Telford thinks he's completely crazy, Eli said, a tear running down his face. Because of the way he talked to the AI. He was all over the place, I think, because it was all over the place. Young nodded, looking away. But he was so nice to it, Eli breathed. Like it was a kid or something. Young took a shuddering breath. It went on like that for a while, too, but he he started to look sick. He started to get confused. He was doing that thing he does before he passes out where he... he. Eli pressed an open hand against the side of his head. But he wasn't going down. He was just getting more and more distressed, so eventually... Eventually. I saw this part, Young rasped. The part where I talked him into taking a drug that almost killed him, Eli said flatly. The drug that might still kill him. Great. That's not on you, Young whispered. No? Eli asked, his voice cracking. Because it sure feels like it's on me. From what it's worth, Young said, his mind was cracking apart. He's been integrating this with the CPU. I don't know what would have happened if you hadn't put him under. If you hadn't locked the AI in the neural interface. 
but it would have been. Young's throat closed. Horrible, Eli said. Slow. Young nodded. I don't want those memories, Eli whispered. I know, Young whispered. They sat in silence. So, I guess, if you want to help me, Eli whispered, go hold his hand. Because even though it won't do a damn thing for him right now, it'll make me feel better. Okay, Young got to his feet. I can do that. Eli nodded, pulled his blanket tightly around him, and looked back at his running lines of code. Young stood, squeezed the kid's shoulder, and then headed for the back of the infirmary. He paused in the doorway, leaned into the frame, and tried to cross his arms. A searing acid-fire pain stopped him. He pressed his forehead against the retracted metal of the door. The room was oppressively quiet. He crossed the room, grabbed a chair, and dragged it next to Rush's gurney. He braced both hands against the back of the thing, stood without speaking, then stepped around the chair and dropped into it. He braced his wrists against his knees. He interlaced his fingers. He looked at the split-apart, hollowed-out shell of the guy that shared his head. Not sure if anyone's ever mentioned this, Young said, but at the end of the day... You turn out to be quite a bit of work, genius. He leaned forward, captured the scientist's hand, and tried to work some warmth into the guy's slack fingers. You got James trained up yet? Young whispered. Because I think we might have broken Eli. He's gonna need some time off. No more night shifts for a while. He pushed the man's jacket cuff up and traced the narrow ring of bruises braceleting Rush's wrist. It looked like Greer and Telford had done it properly, tightly, over the jacket, right at the joint. We missed our first night of toothpaste, Young said, gently massaging the man's hand. Earth toothpaste, the real stuff. And soap, Tylenol. I'm not happy about this, genius, at all. You're going to need to make it up to me. He closed Rush's hand in both of his. I see you figured out how to dodge the second half of the conversation you owe me about whatever we did in that cross corridor. Nice work. Young let the scientist's hand go and pulled his chair closer to the bed. Two things, he murmured, unnecessarily smoothing Rush's hair back. You're not going to like either, so be prepared. Number one, you're on medical leave. Effective immediately. I know you hate that, but you can deal. He continued to run his fingers gently through Rush's hair, working out subtle tangles. Number two, you were so full of shit about that whole people kiss each other all the time thing. Because your computational alter ego definitely tried to put the moves on me, and he was less than half you. So I'm figuring you must like me. A lot. Young cleared his throat. You'll be glad to know I handled the whole thing really well. Shoved him down a hill. 
told him he shouldn't exist. We gave him a hug, a little bit of a pep talk. Casually let him know that I was going to try to unmake him. He was about two hours old at the time. He'd maybe just saved all of reality. Young swallowed. I don't want to see him. Ever again. Which means... Which means you'll be fine, genius. We'll hunt down this virus and get rid of it. No problem. We'll put you back in the chair. Fix you right up. Young's throat closed. Then after that, I'll put Eli on that movie night he wanted to do. I think it was going to be... Star Wars? Star Trek Four? Whatever it is, you're going. Mostly for Eli's sake, but also because I'm going to enjoy the hell out of watching you be a jerk about it. Refusing popcorn on principle. Crossing your arms. Rolling your eyes. You know how you are. You'll help Brody make Scott a ring, and even though you'll pretend you don't want to, you'll make something ridiculously spectacular because you won't let it fly if it's not worthy of our little navigator. You'll terrorize your freight fake graduate students over their quantum mechanics homework. Maybe Volker too, a little bit. You're going to pretend it's some kind of burden, but secretly you'll love every minute of it. TJ's going to start you on antivirals. We're going to keep you off your feet. And every night before you go to sleep, I'm going to make you the tea you pretend not to like. The one with the tiny blue flowers. And since I'm listing, let's say, no battles. For a month. Telford stays in his goddamn quarters. The AI leaves you alone. He ran his fingers over the white sheets, smoothing away small creases in the fabric. That's the plan, he whispered. Don't mess it up. Young spent the day coordinating between teams, verifying all Nakai had been neutralized, organizing a manual sweep of the ship for any tampering by enemy forces, transporting the wounded to the infirmary, and coordinating the science team into shifts to assist Eli. Twenty hundred hours found him on the bridge with Park and Volker. He couldn't remember when he'd last slept. I heard we didn't lose anyone, Park said, breaking a long silence, her eyes on Volker. I heard Barnes is going to pull through. I heard that too, Volker replied, his good hand braced against his injured shoulder. Thank God. Word is that Greer gave Scott a blood transfusion? His eyes flicked to Young. Young pretended not to notice. He did, Park confirmed. She glanced surreptitiously at Young. Any word on... Oh, come on, guys, Young said exhaustedly. Just ask. Um, any word on Dr. Rush, Colonel? He's sedated until Eli gets the virus out of the mainframe. I talked to Brody before I came on shift, Volker said quietly. He said they're making good progress. They've got a code to search for any anomalies that Eli's finally satisfied with. They're running it now. Yeah, Young said, rubbing his straw. It'll take six hours and some change to run. The mainframe's a big place, Volker said quietly. Yep. 
Young shifted in the command chair, trying not to bang his forearms into anything. God, but they hurt. Colonel, Park said quietly, you look about ready to drop. Nothing's going on at the moment. Why don't you get some rest? The door to the bridge hissed open, and Telford strode into the room, crisp as hell. He'd changed his uniform. He looked like he'd slept. The only trace of the past twenty-four hours was some lingering redness around his eyes. Everett, he said, you look like shit. David, Young replied neutrally, you look better. I'm here to relieve you. TJ sent me. She respectfully requests that you report to the infirmary. Young sighed. As he stood, the room spun. He caught himself on the edge of the command chair. You all right? Telford closed a hand around Young's bicep. Yeah, Young said. Thanks. You gonna make it to the infirmary? Telford asked. You need an escort? Young shook his head. Once you slept, Telford said, pulling him in. We need to talk about Nick. Young nodded, but said nothing. Telford let him go. The walk to the infirmary passed in an unreal haze of total exhaustion. When he arrived, TJ was busy with Barnes, so Young headed to the back room. He passed a handful of occupied beds. Scott was sitting, his color improved. Chloe, perched on his gurney, gave Young a wave as he passed. In the back room, he found Ray, curled into the chair Young had dragged next to Rush's bed. She held an iPod in one hand. A single white earbud stood out against her hair. The other half of the headphones was in Rush's ear. Ray had one hand outstretched, resting on the scientist's forearm. Her eyes were closed. Young hovered in the doorframe, wondering if she'd fallen asleep. Her eyes opened. It was a fight not to flinch. Hey, Camille, he said quietly, trying to ignore the blood in the whites of her eyes. Hey, she whispered. What are you listening to? Sati, Gymnopodi number one. Ah. It's my contribution. She shut her bloodshot eyes. Your contribution? He rasped. To what? Her lips curved into a faint, trembling smile. Her eyes stayed closed. If you don't already know, I'll let Eli tell you. Do I want to know? He asked Riley. It's very nice. Her tone carried a shadow of admonishment. She cracked her eyes, revealing slivers of red, black under the shadows of her lashes. You'll like it. Young pushed away from the doorframe and came to sit on the end of Ray's empty gurney. Do you think he can hear it? She asked, the muscles of her face quivering as she tried to hold on to her neutral expression. At the back of Young's mind, Rush's thoughts were still and dark. Maybe, he whispered. TJ's got him pretty snowed, though. Good, Ray whispered, a tear leaking out of one closed eye. She brushed it away. That's good. Yeah, Young replied quietly. You should sleep, 
Ray said, opening blood-red eyes. I'll sit with him. I'm not tired. Young tried to suppress a shiver at her ghastly appearance. I'm good, he said. Ray closed her eyes, as though she could tell they bothered him. Lie down, she said, the hint of a smile in her voice. Now that he was sitting on a bed, it was impossible to resist. He collapsed onto his side, his forearms resting gingerly in front of him. It felt odd going to sleep, separated from Rush, even if it was only a few feet of empty air between them. He opened their link, wide as it would go, but picked up only darkness from Rush's mind. Young left the link open anyway. Across a vast distance, he could hear, very faintly, the sound of a solitary piano. Okay, yeah, you're right, that's like... an order of magnitude more devastating than... A decade ago, that's just... Ooh, okay, wow. I don't think I can do commentary right now. That chapter's always been just brutal, and now it's even more brutal, and... God, you're good.